0: Good morning. We're going to go ahead and, and get started. Um, a good rule of thumb is always go to a class where the teacher understands the principles of public speaking, that to be, to be seen, stand up, to be heard, speak up, to be appreciated, shut up. <laughs> so, so even if I'm going to start early, we, we could possibly finish early. I, that's just the way it needs to so be. They, this we got to say, <laughs> <laughs> and that is that's a problem. I, I was gonna I was going to begin today. You know, a couple couple of things. First of all, Jeff and I did not know this last week until I got home and read the email because I don't do social whatever that is on Sundays, and Dell does, and she said. Jeff Benny's mother died, and I had no clue. And Jeff and Jane were here, uh, and I was remiss for not saying something. But his mother died uh, this last Saturday night, and then Larry Burkhart lost his mother. Was it yesterday morning or yes. Friday morning? She had yesterday been morning. <coughs> yesterday morning at nine o'clock. They they had she'd been in hospice, and uh, they had they've waited for her to die for over a week. She took a long time. Uh, so there's a lot of lot of that um, among our, our church family that's serving. and uh, just reach. If you see those people, reach out and, and say something uh, to them. One of the beauties of one of the beauties of teaching um, with Jeff, teaching with somebody, team teaching, is that uh, we we decided to do it two weeks at a time. And so it's two weeks pretty intense preparation, and you come in, and then two weeks off, okay? So the last time I got two weeks off, I kind of went down one of these rabbit trails on, um, on Son of David and House of David. You know, just how really of a big deal is that? Son of David and House of David. Last week we talked about Son of David. Today we're going to talk about House of David. Um, many theologians who I read will tell you that uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7 is the highlight of the Old Testament. Walter Brueggemann would say that. Um, Dale Ralph Davis is a tremendous Old Testament scholar. Uh, Dr. Bob Deffenbaugh, uh, Dr. Thomas Constable, all of these guys that have spent their life doing nothing but getting up every, you know, what does a thing Doc what does a theologian do all day? Um I, I don't know. <laughs> they get a, Leland would be able to answer. Leland, what does a theologian do all day long? <laughs> I would tell you out of everyone in here, this is the closest thing we got to a theologian. What would a theologian do, all the day? Read, read and write. Read and, and write. write. And, and write. they in, would do in, it. Interact with other theologians. That's, that's as insane. As little as possible. That's insane. <laughs> 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 but these people, I, I have great respect for these people. They get up and they put their names out there as theologians, as someone to be respected. I, for their knowledge, and they study and they read their whole lives. And so when those guys say something, I try to listen. Um, and so 2 Samuel 7 uh, already has a lot of weight to it as we begin uh, this morning. Um, so, what we're going to do is we're going to quickly go through chapter 7 and chapter 8, and I'm going to talk for about 10 minutes about that. And then we're going to go down the rabbit hole of um House of David. Um, <clears throat> Alright. So all I want you to see here is this is Genesis chapter 10. This is repeated in Chronicles. This exact same thing is repeating chronicles. And it lists after Noah came off the boat, Sophie. Sophie Little was just baptized. <laughs> <laughs> So as we start in Genesis 10, this is the um, genealogies of the three guys that came off the boat. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The Hamites, the Jacobites, and the Shemites. here's what I want you to see. Who do we care about in this thing? Let me put it better. Who does the Bible care about in this chronology? The Semites. That's it. The Bible cares about the Semites. You go to Genesis 49, and um, you go to Genesis 49 when Jacob is giving his sons the blessing. Reuben, Simeon. Reuben should have been the heir apparent. Reuben and Simeon, Levi, Judah. It fell to Judah. What happened to Reuben and Simeon? misbehaved they misbehaved they they condoned and or killed a bunch of philistines for raping their sister and they deceived them and told them all to get circumcised and then they killed her. okay levi why not levi he became the priestly tribe he was truly elevated to the priestly lineage so the lot fell on judah and when jacob comes to him jacob who's blind and the sons are coming in one at a time at his deathbed. Jacob looks at Judah and he says, "The scepter will never fall from Judah." And I'm telling you, the only thing the Bible cares about from that point on is giving you the story and the history of Judah. That's it. Um, so I just want you to do well. Yeah, let's, let's, let's look at this real quick. So this is uh, Israel as it is, and this was Israel under King Saul. Notice, he didn't have, the Philistines had all of this, okay? Um, to the bottom of the Dead Sea, from Dan to Bershima, from Dan to Bershima. And that's, the, that's as far as Israel, uh, Israel went. Watch this. This is David. Look at what David got. David had from the Red Sea from the Red Sea right here's uh, where's Resheba? Where's right there's Resheba. He captured more on him from the, Dead sea, from the Red Sea to the Euphrates River. If you go back and read Genesis chapter 12 when God <clears throat> took Abraham outside the tent God promised him all of that and david read that and did it that's what david did israel was a big deal during the reign of david and solomon remember i I was just reading last night where uh the uh, queen of egypt where uh, cleopatra comes and visits solomon are you serious i mean the two biggest the two biggest uh, Dynasties, if you will, at that point in time, were Egypt, down here, and Assyria, and even at this point in time, Assyria hadn't started. But Assyria, up in this area, those were the two biggest dynasties. Why did Assyria come and start attacking Israel? They wanted a gateway to Egypt. One of these days, because everybody's got to conquer the world. We want to be on top of the world, so we got to conquer the world. So they took out uh, Israel just to get to Egypt. Okay, um, this is where the two kingdoms divided after Shlomo. After Shlomo, it all goes back; it all reverts back from Dan to Rehoboam. Where Rehoboam is now, there They kept a little bit of that, but that's how how the lands went. You know, let me let me say this about about if you go down to here, um, the Gulf of Aquaba, okay, if as the ships enter the Gulf, they, there is Somalia on the left side, and is it Ethiopia? No. It's Yemen. Somalia on the left side, Yemen on the right side. Okay? You got that? You know what the Hebrew words for right and left are? Somalia and Yemen. That's how influential Israel is at this point in time. Um, So if you will, take a look at uh, chapter 7. And let's let's just start reading. I want to read these quickly, do a little bit of talking, and then we'll get on. After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies around him, He said to Nathan the prophet, You know, here I am living in a palace of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. And Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind to do, go ahead and do it, because God is with you. Then that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David, my servant, This is what the Lord says, Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I've not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up from Egypt to this day. I've been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling.'" Wherever I've moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of the rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house out of seed? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says, I took you from the pasture while you were following the flock to be ruler over my people of Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone. I have I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I'm going to make your name great like the greatest names on all the earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel. I'll plant them so that they can no longer so they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did in the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from your enemies. And the Lord declares to you that this day he will establish a house for you. You want to build me a house? I'm going to build you a house. When your days are over, you rest from your fathers. I will, I will. Uh, your offspring will succeed you. They will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He's the one that's going to build me a house for my name. I will establish his throne from his of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he'll be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from you before from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever, and your throne will be established forever. You know, and I don't even know. I guess it's in Chronicles where this is where this is repeated, this same story. And the last phrase there, God says. I am God. I do not lie. Know this that promise is a big, huge deal. Because in that promise is the hope not only of Israel at that time, that's the great messianic hope. That's what Isaiah wrote about all for the rest of his time. That is the hope. That we all have it's the assurance that we all have is this promise found in 2nd Samuel chapter 7 that the house of David will never fall and that from his scepter from the scepter of Judah it will reign forever all of our hopes all of our promises i, 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 I I'm, as one who I've I love the book of Hebrews. It's one who's taught Hebrews several times. Chapter 8 in Hebrews says, you know, all these guys were given promises, but we've been given greater promises with a greater covenant. What's the surety of that? That the house of David will stand forever. Okay, let, let's do David's prayer quickly. It's This actually in my opinion, is better in chronicles. And then King David went and sat before the Lord and he said, where did he go to sit before the Lord? He went to the tent. Because God is in the tent. In between the cherubim on top of uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Who am I, O sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And and." As if this were not enough in your sight, O sovereign Lord, you've spoken about the future of the house of your servant. Is this the usual way you deal with man, O sovereign God? Think about that. All of you men in here who have children, if you have boys, and they're going to have children, your name will go on. If you don't, you have girls, your name won't go on. God is promising him that forever his name will go on. The Davidic name will continue. Blows my mind. Is this the way you deal with men, God? <clears throat> for what more can I say to you? For your, you know your servant, O oh sovereign Lord, for the sake of your word and according to your will, you have, I, I could Go to that so you can see Uh, You have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great are you, O sovereign Lord. There's no one like you. There's no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like you in your people, Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out and redeemed as a people for himself and made a name for himself to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out the nations and their gods from before your people whom you have redeemed you have established your people, Israel, as your very own forever, O oh Lord, and you've become their God. <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm going to call it all of not I don't like reading uh, in front of people. Go, go, to the, go to the next chapter, chapter 8, real quick, and I want you to look at this. So in the course of time, David defeated the Philistines. He subdues them. He took methic Amma from the control of the Philistines. He also defeated the Moabites, made them lie I not get this. He made them lie down on the ground and measured them off the rank of the cord. Every two lengths of them were put to death, and the third was allowed to live. So he killed two thirds of all the Moabites that existed. So the Moabites became subject to David and brought him tribute. Moreover, David defeat defeated Adidizar, son of Rehob, king of Joba—no clue where any of that is—and he, when he went to restore the monument at the Euphrates River, so I assume it's up at the Euphrates River. Didn't even know that that guy was an enemy, but we'd made him an enemy. David captured a thousand of his chariots, seven thousand charioteers, and twenty thousand foot soldiers. And where are my? Uh, was a baker's? A bakers in Okay, because I wanted an explanation for this. One. He hamstrung all but a hundred of the chariot horses. Does anybody know what that means? You cut the tendon so they lose strength. And your, it does what? It, they have no strength. Why not just the kill leg? them? The merciful thing would be to kill them. Do we want yeah, the horses to suffer too? It seems pretty cruel. That's, that does not seem good. I'll have to talk to David about that. <clears throat> um, and when the Armenians of Damascus came to help Hazar, the king of Judah, David struck down 22,000 of men. This is not small. Does anybody know how many soldiers died at the Battle of Gettysburg in three days? 50,000. One of the biggest losses in all of American history the Battle of Gettysburg. Abraham Lincoln spoke looking over mass unburied graves in July. And it stank of. Twenty thousand though. About twenty-two thousand. He put garrisons in Armenian kingdom of Damascus, and Armenians became subject to him and brought him tribute. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went. David took the gold shields that belonged to the officer of ahad That ahad guy was something and brought them to Jerusalem. <clears throat> I have no idea the towns belonged to ahad Azar He took them and he got a great quantity of bronze. I just want you to look at what he got. Articles of silver and gold and bronze. Silver and gold from all the nations he, he subdued. Edom and Moab, the Ammonites, the Philistines, and Amalekites. Uh, he dedicated the plunder taken from them to God. And David came famous and returned after striking down 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Saul. Let's go back. Look at this. This is, this, this here. So look, look at what, look at what David did. Remember what what Saul did about right here. David goes, he defeats Edom, he defeats Moab, he defeats Amnon. That's the tabernacle. <coughs> Uh, he, he goes over into this this oh, look right here you see the Sidonian deal that's today's Lebanon except Lebanon extends all the way down here today Lebanon. he took Lebanon he took Syria all of Syria he took Jordan this is the country of Jordan this is Egypt Egypt today controls right there to Gaza he had all this from Egypt this is Saudi Arabia. He took, just look at what he took. It's incredible what he took. Randall? Yes. would not that take years? Doesn't that take years? Yes, yes. That, you know. It's amazing how long it took him to do that. Well, they did it rapid, but, but chronologically, you can't keep up with the chronology of the Old Testament. It's just, they they the writers are not uh, restricted by chronology. So they don't think the way we think. They're going to name something, and it will come back three years. For instance, here, here's a great example. <clears throat> We're going to talk in about three weeks about David's three mighty men, okay? Including, including Eliezer, son of Dodo the Jehoahite, which is one of my favorite stories. Uh, but in about, and, and, and you go back two weeks ago. And we talked about when David raised the army of 30,000, he had his mighty men. They went down, they fought the Philistines when they were staying in the cave of Abdullah. We don't talk anything about the mighty men until then. Well, you know he had his mighty men already figured out. Joab, we find today, is the leader of David's armies. How did he get to be leader of David's armies? Does anybody know that? Because comes from Chronicles. Remember when David was sitting in the cave of Abdullah and goes, i really like to have a drink of water from that spring in Bethlehem. And these guys are like, okay, let's do it. So they all go, Joab gets the water. And when he gets the water, David makes him the head of his armies. We don't find that out for three more chapters. It's not chronological. That's what I'm trying to say. So you have to read the whole thing and try to assemble it. Okay, so... Suffice it to say, David did great things. God was with David. And let's reiterate the promise. After the king was settled in his palace, uh, no, we're not going to do there. What's that? Oh, Psalm 89. Who wrote the Psalms? David. I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I've sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. I have found David my servant and my sacred oil. I've anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. My enemy will, will not get better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush his foes with his horn and strike down his adversary. My faithful love will be with him throughout my name. His horn will be exalted. He will call out to me, You're my Father, my God, rock, and my Savior. I will appoint him to be my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth, all in the kingdom. A love for him forever. My covenant will never fail. I will establish his line forever. His throne as long as the heavens is endure. Isaiah 16. And the throne shall be established in 1 times. One shall sit thereon in truth, in the tent of David, seeking justice, judging, and swift to do righteousness. Jeremiah. The days are coming, declares the Lord, I will raise up David, a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. So, these are the kings of Israel. Here was the challenge. The challenge was to go to any website and look up the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah and try to fit that on one (laughs) slide. So I'm not sure they're all there, but they're all there that I want to talk about. So today... I want to talk about, these are the kings of Israel, Israel's in the north, these are the kings of Judah, Judah's in the south. All these people right here have what? They have a title. What is that title? It's what the whole class is about today. How, not Sunday, Sunday. This is the house of David. Everybody here is a member of the house of David. But they're, the, all, but they're not all blood. No, but well, in the tree, yes. No, in, I mean, but literally they're not blood. Tell me, explain. But uh, they are all children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren of David. Right, absolutely. Everybody, th- this lineage, this lineage is a royal lineage. It's where we get the royal bloodlines from. This is a ro- and all these people trace their self back to David. Here's, the, here's where I'm going to go further with that. I'm going to go further with that just, uh, just in a second, because I'm going to show you Matthew's genealogy, Luke's genealogy. Matthew's genealogy is whose genealogy? It's who? It's Joseph's genealogy. Okay? Luke's genealogy is Mary's genealogy. Both of them in the house of David. Jesus is house of David, house of David. Even though he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, he still claimed Joseph as his father. House of David, house of David. Let's keep going. So. The, the first guy well actually the first guy we're gonna talk about is Basha. Then we're gonna talk about Hezekiah, then we're gonna talk about Jehoiakim, then we're gonna talk about Zedekiah and we'll keep on, then we'll go to Matthew. And so that's the morning. How many minutes do I have? Just kidding. the house of Basha. So here's here's a deal about it. all of the old Testament, all the rest of it as you read. Some guy, some guy that's going to die or get killed, be murdered, then a new king's going to come, and they're going to be killed, and it's, it's hard to trace the lineage. Look at Baasha from the house of Israel. First Kings, Kings 16.3, Behold, I will utterly sweep Bashan, this is God, I will utterly sweep away Baisha and his house, I will make that house like the house of Jeroboam and the son of Nephi in verse 10 there, and Zimri went and smote him. He killed him. Zimri is the next king that's going to take over. He smote him. He killed him. In the 27th year of Asa, king of Judah, this is the house of David, and he reigned in his stead. And it came to pass, when he began to reign, as soon as he sat on the throne, that he smote all the house of Baasha. he left again not a single man child, neither of his kinfolk's nor his friends. Basha Gone. Basha Gone. Okay? So <clears throat> you heard heard me talk about this rock. So this is the Tel Dan Stelling. Let me let me try this. Let me try this. 1993 this was found. Does anybody know, know what was going on in modern theology in nineteen ninety-three in about. Modern theology had devolved into yuck. Yeah, I would say modern theology was highlighted at that point in time by the Jesus Seminar. Does anybody know what the Jesus Seminar is? I attempt to explain the historical Jesus, take the divinity, divinity out. Albert Schweitzer in 1943 wrote a book called The Historical Quest for the Historical Jesus. And from that, everybody tried to read everything that Jesus did and or anything about Jesus and say, this is what's true, this is what's not true. The Jesus Seminar attempted, these were theologians and biblical scholars who knew the languages, and they attempted to rewi- rewrite the word. Did Jesus actually say that? Let's take the red letter Bible and let's go. Did Jesus actually say that? Just for example, the Lord's Prayer. Does anybody know how many words in the Lord's Prayer the Jesus Seminar agreed was actually said by Jesus? The last phrase or so is, is uh, italicized or... Yeah, that's a, like, that, that's, that's a... and That's a different issue? That's a way different issue. That's a problem with modern Christianity. Yep. <coughs> Our father. That's all they could agree that he said. Our father. (laughs) These guys were nuts. Here's the point. (laughs) Here's the point. And that's led by John Dominique Crossman and all of of our favorite officers. Okay, so up until 1993, at least no one had ever found that. Anything in Israel, archaeologically or textually, that would say that David ever existed. We had no archaeological evidence. Zero zip, zipnata. Until 1993. So when the people like the Jesus Seminar would come up and they'd say, well, we don't even think of, you know, that's real. None of that. We had nothing. We had, all we have is this text. We have nothing to refute them. This is the significance of this rock. In 1993, up at Dan, remember I showed you Dan? That's Tell Dan. It used to be a city. They were digging around. They were excavating some area, and they found this deal. And that phrase right there, it's, this is out of the Israeli Museum. And that phrase right there is highlighted, and it says, Yet David house of Israel. It's this king who won a military victory, Hazel, king of Aram, who just killed some of David's men and he said, I defeated the I defeated the armies of the house of Israel. Okay? So that's the first one. Okay? Let's go down and remember Hezekiah. We're in the lineage of, of Judah. Hezekiah, 2 Chronicles 13. After all Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities, thinking to conquer it for himself. So we have in our possession in the British Museum, they can't leave any plate. You know, everything goes to Europe when they find it because Europe pays for all the excavation. So we found the Sennacherib prison. And he says... I exalted Ekron, I killed the officials and the patricians who had committed the crime and hung their bodies on poles surrounding the city. This is the Seneca prison. It's in the British Museum. It was actually found long before, but nobody linked this to the house of David. Think about this. This is Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. When they were excavating in Nineveh, they dug up the palace of Sennacherib. And on the walls of this palace is, are these, This I don't know if this is terracotta or whatever, but they just peeled off everything that was legible and took it to the British Museum. And this is in the British Museum, okay? This whole relief. This is the history of Sennacherib's invasion of Judah. So, So, this is 3,000 years ago. So, just look on the walls. You can can get all these scenes where they're beheading people, where they've taken their giant battering rams and they're ramming the gates. Sennacherib, Assyria against Israel would be no match. They could take anything. The Philistines are a monster. Look at this one right here. <coughs> Look at this one right here. You see these guys? They're on poles. And they've been strung up outside their own poles. These are men of Judah. This is a scene, Lachish, in Israel. Lachish was the second largest city in Israel. And he surrounded Lachish. He took believers. And he put them on poles, and he left them outside for everybody to see. And he put he he embellishes the fact that he put them on poles while they were still alive. <clears throat> Later, when Sennacherib the king—this is Second Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and all his forces laying siege to Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem. When the message for Hezekiah, king of Judah, and all the people of Judah that were there, this is what Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, says. On what are you basing your confidence that you remain in Jerusalem under siege? In other words, surrender. And Hezekiah says, Our Lord our God will save us from the hand of the King of Assyria. He's misleading you to let you die of hunger and thirst. See the Paul. Therefore, says Jehovah, concerning the king of Assyria, he will not into this city nor shoot an arrow there, neither shall he come before it with a shield, nor will he cast a mound against it. What does that mean? A okay. Yeah, build a siege round. He will not build a siege round. By the way he came, by the same he shall return. He shall not come into the city, said Jehovah, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Why? Because I promised David it ain't gonna happen. That's sure. And it came to pass that night the angel of Jehovah went forth and smote the camp of the Assyrians. 185,000 men lay dead. And when he arose early in the morning, behold, there were all these dead bodies. So Seneca, king of Assyria, departed. And he went and returned and dwelt That paragraph right there does not capture what happened. Think about it. He came and he surrounded Jerusalem. He wanted Hezekiah. There's a place where let's see. Yeah, okay, this is it. As to Hezekiah the Jew, he did not submit. This is from Sennacherib's prison. So we have the biblical account of this, we have the archaeological account of this, and now we're getting Sennacherib's account of this. We pretty well have a whole picture. It's cool. I laid siege to forty- uh, laid siege to forty-six of his strong cities, wall forts, and countless small villages, and they're seen I conquered them both, means of well-stamped earth, ramps, battering grounds, uh, thus brought near the walls, combined by attacked by foot soldiers. That, by the way, this is three thousand years old. He's telling us about it. Breaches, as well as sacro-work, not a clue. I drove them out, 200,150 people, young, old, male, horses, mules, donkeys, camels, big and small, counting, considered them a boot. In other words, I took them back to Assyria. This is when the Israel fell to Assyria. I took them. Himself, I made a prisoner in Jerusalem in his royal residence, caged like a bird. He couldn't get out. I surrounded him with earthwork. His towns had plundered. I took away the country and gave them to all these other people. I reduced his country, but I still increased tribute and presence due to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so after God killed this, this is funny, right here. After God kills 180,000 of his men, okay, he goes back to Nineveh, and he's writing and he writes it in such a way that, well, I took, uh, I made him send me thirty talents of gold, eight hundred talents of silver, precious metals, uh, large cut red stones. He's he just talking about how victorious he was. When he didn't, he turned tail and ran. Why did he turn tail and run? He lost. He forgot to write out how many people were Yeah, he, but, but King wrote that without explanation. That's exactly. And why did, this is the only, Jerusalem is the only city that he never captured. And why not? Because it contained the house of Judah. Let's go to Zedekiah. 2 Kings, Zedekiah, once again, the house of Judah. We've gone from, I tried to do this day so you can see. So we went from 920 BC <coughs> to 657 BC. Um, and now we're at 597. <coughs> and does anybody know when the temple fell when the temple was destroyed? I'm sorry. You're talking about 70 AD or the no, prior. no, to. way. <laughs> the <laughs> first temple. When the first temple was 586. 586. 586 BC. Okay. So we're right there. <clears throat> so in the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign on the tenth day of the month, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon marched against Jerusalem and so on. Camp <clears throat> outside the city and built siege works around it. The city was kept under siege until the 11th. So for two years, he had sieged the city of Jerusalem. How do you store enough stuff? To feed everybody that's inside the city of Jerusalem for that long. We know they have water. How do we know they have water? Hezekiah built Yeah, Hezekiah's tongue. Hezekiah's tongue. Those of us who've been through that, there's water. They got water. They got enough food. But by the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine in the city was so severe there was no food for the people to eat. He took he was taken to the king of Babylon. He said, this is Zedekiah. He was taken to the king of Babylon, where his was sentence was pronounced on him. They killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. But you're up, quite uh, And they put out his eyes and bound him with bronze shackles and took him to Babylon. On the seventh day of the fifth month the 19th year of Nebuchadnezzar, the commander of the imperial guard, the official king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He set fire to the temple of the Lord, the royal palaces, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every important building he burned down Israel had become I mean uh, Judah had become so corrupt that God gave them over to the Babylonians. That's what the book of Ezekiel was all about, okay? Remember Ezekiel 19 where God leaves the temple? Read that one sometime. Where the presence of God where God took his tent, left staying from on top of the ark of the covenant. And he went out the eastern gate, the presence of God, and went up that hill, and that's it. God's gone. And they all knew it. And then Nebuchadnezzar comes in and watches. Does anybody know about Babylon? Anybody know anything about Babylon? I'm sorry? Yeah, okay. Shadrach? Meshach, no, okay. Babylon was the largest walled city in the world it's been fully excavated in 19 from 1909 to 19 when did it, the first world War in 1919. Mm-hmm. yeah that guy had 200 people digging for 13 years dug everything up does anybody know what the ishtar gates are they're in the british museum <laughs> they're not they're, they're in the- berlin and i'm going yeah. to berlin as soon as i they're in Berlin uh, because the guy that did, the guy the excavator was German. He took everything back to Germany. So Ishtar gates are made out of bricks and they're glazed to be really blue, like a deep blue, purple, whatever. And I'm not talking about a small, I'm talking about the size of this building, the Ishtar gates and that guy that excavated picked every flipping brick up and took it back to Germany, and they have reconstructed the Ishtar gates. He had all these, he would have like, it'd be blue, a blue field, I should've taken a picture. I already had 27 slides, so I didn't think of it. um But all these golden lions all over the whole thing, it's an, it's an incredible, incredible yeah. treasure. Um, my point is, okay, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, why did they get thrown in the fiery furnace? I'm sorry, it wouldn't bow on the water. No, what statue? Statue of Nebuchadnezzar. How tall was that statue? 90, 90 feet tall, made out of solid gold. It's incredible. They wouldn't bow down there. Babylon is bigger than Assyria, so Babylon comes in, takes Assyria, and now it's Babylon against the world. And so Nebuchadnezzar is at the Nebuchadnezzar himself is at the gates of Jerusalem and destroys Jerusalem. Um, But we got this guy Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim is Jehoiakim. His father's name was Jehoiakim. It's taken me about two weeks to try to. Figure that. Out. So in the 37th year of the exile of Jehoiakim, wait a minute, exile of Jehoiakim. How did that happen? They captured Jehoiakim and they put his uncle on the throne and named him Zedekiah. And that's who was over Judah at this time. But Jehoiakim is the actual in the line. He's the line blood of the house of Judah. I hope y'all are glad over with this. This is awesome. Um, so Jehoiakim king of Judah went to Babylon and he went to prison. And they spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat above the seats of kings in So Jehoiakim put off his prison garments and every day of his life he dined regularly at the king's table. And for his allowance, a regular allowance was given to him by the king according to his daily needs as long as he lived. House of David. You think he did that to any other kings? House. House of David. Watch this. This is called the Babylonian ration tablets. All the way back 1919. They discovered 300 of these tablets written in cuneiform, and this is actually—I didn't even clean this up at all. This is actually what it says: ten sila of oil to Lakin. That's Jehoiakim. How do we know it's Jehoiakim? Because he was the king of Lahuda. Twenty-two selah of oil to five sons of the king of Lahuda. Force sealant to eight men from Lahudah. House of David. House of David. How does that happen? There's only one way that happens. God is guarding the house of David. Um, what, how much time do I have? Ten. ten. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Thank you. Um, The sons of Jehoiakim the captive. The only one I want you to watch is Shealtiel, his son. You ever heard of Shealtiel? How many of you have heard of Shealtiel before right now? Okay. Okay, Shealtiel, his son. All right. Here's the genealogy of Jesus. Matthew 1. Joseph's lineage uh, he's the father of Solomon Hezekiah Zerubbabel Shealtiel Shealtiel in that lineage look at Luke what is that I don't know what that is that's supposed to be Luke Luke has the exact same thing I'm sorry I'm an amateur I will admit um, but Luke, the, the only difference here is that um, <coughs> David was the father of Solomon in this one, and in Luke since David was the father of Nathan. Traces it to the line of Nathan. But Mary and Joseph knew that they were in the line of David, from the house of David. <coughs> I, would watch, I I was trying to go to sleep last night. I just kind of put it on YouTube for a second. One of my favorite movies of all time is Young Messiah. Anybody <clears throat> ever seen it? It'll make you drink. It'll make you drink. So the little little Jesus he just came back from Egypt and uh, they're in- reintroducing him to the rabbi who's going to be his teacher his Jewish day school. You've got to get a Jewish day school. And the rabbi comes in and goes. I remember you, James, uh, from before. It's good to have you back. And now who is this little tycoon? Little Jesus answering these questions that stupefies, stupefies. But they all know that he's from the house of David. And that's special. And when the rabbi says, and where were you born? And uh, Jesus says, Bethlehem. And the rabbi goes, It's just an unsaid thing. This could be the child of promise. Because all these other guys are sons of David. Jesus is the son of David. That David had from the thoughts of the beginning. By the way, Tim Keller, you know who Tim Keller is? Tim Keller, Church of the Redeemer in New York City. Fabulous writer, great theologian, good guy. Dell says he has cancer. I'm not. I don't really know much about that. But keep him in your prayers. That's that's a good thing. Um, Tim Keller just wrote a book, Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. I meant what I said this morning. The Bible doesn't care about that. The heroes of the story are not. It comes from the Shemites, it comes from the Jacobites, it comes from the Israelites. It comes to the tribe of Judah. The promise is given for the house of David. Adios.